Welcome to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and find us online at theridgecc.com. At our website, you can catch up with everything that's happening at The Ridge, watch previous messages, and learn more about who we are. If you want to watch services live, you can catch them every Sunday via our online community at live.theridgecc.com. We hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. All right. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is the most awake service of the year for all of us because we got our, our extra hour sleep. And uh, hey, before I kick things off, I want to just uh, share and, and honestly celebrate a milestone of our church today. Uh, actually, today we celebrate the one-year birthday of our Oak Creek Franklin campus. And um, yeah, just such great stuff. And uh, hey, just a couple things, you guys, as you celebrate one year. Uh, it was, it was kind of cool because last, last week we were sharing wins and stuff. And Amanda, our kids, kids director at Oak Creek Franklin, and she was like, hey, we've had the most kids we've ever had this past week. And, uh, and, and just, I was talking to a couple and uh, they were saying, hey, you know those people with the orange shirts? They're like everywhere and all that stuff. And, uh, and they were talking about everywhere in our community. And so uh, Oak Creek Franklin Campus, you guys are just doing a great job. You've laid a great foundation this first year. And uh, I, I really say this is not a cliche, uh, but I think you're going to see God continue to do special things there. And so we love you guys. Thanks for all that you do and, uh, and that you have to put up with Pastor Forrest every week. All right. Now, have you ever had a time where you tried to impress someone only to not impress them? Uh, I've talked a lot about just uh, my grandma and just how important she was to my faith journey. I mean, she, she prayed for me and she invested in me. And when I became a Jesus follower, I mean, she cried like a baby. And then when I told her I was gonna be a pastor, I mean, she was so proud. Well, after I gave my first message, the church that I gave it at, uh, they recorded it on a VHS tape. Now, some of you are like, I'm a Google, don't even Google it, just be grateful you didn't have to live during that torturous time of, of history. And so I got this VHS tape and I see my grandma and I tell her, I go, hey grandma, I've got, I've got my VHS tape of my first message and she was so excited to hear it and I was so excited for her to hear it and uh, she was gonna watch this thing and she was gonna say, my grandson is gonna be the next Billy Graham, you know, I was just waiting for this. And so we have dinner and then, you know, we, we get around the TV and I, I put the tape in and and uh, there's all this excitement in the room, you know, and uh, so the tape starts and I come out and I come out in a suit and uh, some of you are like, you own a suit? I'm like, I actually own a suit, not anymore, but, uh, and, and I come up to this like this big wooden pulpit. I mean, the thing was just ginormous, you know, and, and I get up there and I start speaking and I'm kind of listening to myself, cringing as I'm listening to myself because that's what happens when you watch the video of yourself. And, uh, and I'm thinking, I'm gonna turn and look at my grandma and she's gonna have a smile. I mean, it's ear to ear. I turn and look at her five minutes into it. I look at her and she's like this. And she is, she's snoring so loud. Honestly, the neighbors could have probably heard her snoring. That's how loud she was. And for the remaining 25 minutes, I mean, she was absolutely out cold, snoring the entire time. Well, the message gets done. And you know, you remember this time if you had a VHS tape, you know, it stops and it makes a sound. And uh, the sound, it kind of, it, it rattled my grandmother, you know, kind of woke her up and, said, oh, 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 and she, she, she gets up and then she goes, oh, she looks at me, Mark, that was so good. That was so good. Well, she might've been proud, but she obviously wasn't very impressed. 
And you know, we all have a story like that where we, we tried to impress someone, but they weren't that impressed. You know, maybe you saw that cute guy or that cute girl and you were gonna impress them by coming off really funny and really cool and they didn't even give you a second look. Or maybe you tried to do this with your kids and it's like, dad, you wanna show them that you still have it only to throw your back out. Or there was this job and you really wanted this job and you were gonna go into this interview, man, and you were gonna sell them on just how great you, great you are only to leave the interview and know you completely bombed the interview. Or, you know, we've all done this before. We've been in a conversation, maybe it's family or, or friends or neighbors, and we're listening to them tell stories just about uh, uh, their experiences, things that their kids are doing, you know, and we feel this need that we had to one-up them in some way, and so then we tell them a story about our kids or our experiences, and they're nodding, but you realize as they're nodding, they aren't that impressed. Do you know who else we do this with? God. And what's interesting is that many of the things that we think will impress God actually don't. Well, today we are kicking off our annual Live Big series. And what's pretty fascinating about Live Big is it didn't start out as an annual thing. But when we saw how impactful and important it was to our community, and honestly how important it is to God, we just said we're going to make this an annual thing. And if you're new with us for Live Big, here's what we do. We take a season a season of our church, and during that season, we challenge our entire church to just live an extremely generous time. And 100% of that generosity goes to great nonprofits that are helping those in need. 100% of it does. And uh, it, it, what we, our strategy as a church, and we've done this from the beginning, is our strategy as a church has not been to start up nonprofits, but we do, is we go around great nonprofits, and when we do that, we ask them this question. What do you need that could help you go further, faster? And then what they do is they give us a, a, a list of things. And then what we do is we compile these things into what we call a wish list. And then as a part of Live Big, we try to meet as many of those needs as possible. There are three components to, to that make up the journey that we know as Live Big. There is the, the, the give piece, which this is the financial piece, and we give 100% of it away. There's the serve piece, where we try to mobilize as many people as we can to serve those in need. And then there's the love piece. In other words, what we talk about and what we focus on during Live Big is very near and dear to the heart of God. And so the more we engage in these things, actually what happens is the more our heart grows. And what's great about Live Big is this is one of the few things where our entire church, uh, kids and students included, is aligned together. And so if you're struggling with your kids and students, you're like, oh, they're just so selfish, they're so selfish. You need to get them in church over the next four weeks because across the board, we are doing Live Big. Now, this is kind of cool. We were doing some research this week. This is our ninth year doing, doing Live Big, and we have given away well over a million dollars and we have mobilized thousands of people that have served thousands of hours to help those in need. And I was just thinking about this. Live Big is, is, is such an important thing that we do. And it's not only important to, to what goes on outside of our, the four walls of our, of our churches and to our community, but it's really important to this community. And the reason is, is that what we have seen over the last few years is we have seen, we become a more generous church, which is made up of generous individuals. And there's just a ripple effect to that. And so as a result, we have a good reputation in our community because people look at our church and they go, hey, that's the church that cares about its community. And you know what? We will continue to do so. Now, before I begin and we kick things off, I just felt like this year I, I needed to say this up front. 
for some of you, you, you've gone through live big before. And so you're tempted to go, oh, okay, been there, done that, and just to hit cruise control. And if that's you, let, let me just say this, that should be a red flag for you, spiritually speaking. Uh, Don and I, we celebrate our wedding anniversary every single year, and we have celebrated 27 of them. Now, let me just, you're clapping for her again. I appreciate that. She's not in this, she's not here. She's not here. Now, um, now I want you to imagine, I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine we've been married five years, okay? And we're just getting ready to celebrate the sixth one. And I go up to her and I go, you know what, honey? We've celebrated five of these things. Listen, been there, done that. I don't think we need to do that anymore. Now, I don't know what would happen. I mean, because I, I haven't tried this, okay? But I think what would happen is we wouldn't celebrate number six because I would no longer be married to get there to celebrate number six. You see, what we've discovered is that each anniversary is more important than the last one because each year I am learning how to love my wife more. And the same thing is true with God. There are some things that we talk about that are so important to God that each time we talk about them, we should be more open to, to learning and taking steps of, and growing in these areas because as we do, we are actually learning how to love God more. This, as we're gonna see, this is one of those things. Now, if, if you're new and you're not a Jesus follower, you have picked a great time to be here because you are gonna get to peel back the layers and you're gonna see the heart behind this place for people. And listen, I wanna encourage you to step into Live Big any way that, that, that you see fit. But here's, here's kind of the last thing about it, then we're gonna, we're gonna get rolling. I just wanna cast kind of a, a vision for you as we move into Live Big. Live Big this year, you just need to know this, we are not gonna play it safe. And we are gonna push, push, push against the gravitational pull for comfort, and we are gonna be bold this year. Because as we look, and you're gonna see this in a minute, as we look at the needs of our community, they are big, and they're gonna require us to live bigger than we ever have before. Now, today what I wanna do is I wanna kick things off by talking about one of the very few ways we can impress God. And as I say that, I'm not talking about get God to love us, okay? He already loves us. What I mean by that is we respond in such a way that God goes, wow, that holy, you guys are getting it. You guys, I am so involved in what you're doing. You guys are getting it. That's what I mean by impress God. And the way that we're gonna get there is I'm gonna look at a passage in the Old Testament, book, uh, Old Testament called Isaiah. Now, if you're new to the Bible, the Bible is made up of two big chunks. There's the Old Testament part, which is the time before Jesus, and then there's the New Testament, which is Jesus and beyond. And so Isaiah falls here in the Old Testament. And Isaiah was a prophet, and God gives Isaiah some very challenging words to say to the people of Israel. Challenging because they're kind of at this place where they're thinking, man, what we're doing, God is so impressed with us, but little do they know the opposite is happening. And in God's response, we not only see what impresses him, but why it does and why it's so important to us. So here's the book of Isaiah. Here's what he says. He says, shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout loud. Don't be timid. Then he says this, tell my people Israel of their sins. Imagine just delivering that message, okay? That's what he's delivering. And he says, yet they act so pious. And we've all been around a pious person before. I mean, they, they kind of have their, their, their nose stuck up in the air, everyone. They think they're better, more moral than everybody. And that's what Isaiah's telling people. Hey, this is kind of how God sees you right now. And then he says, they come to the temple 
every day and seem delighted to learn about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. And so here's what's happening. They would show up for what would be the equivalent for us as as church, and they would show up not every week, but every day. And they're, they're, they're worshiping, and they're hearing messages, and they're studying the law. And so they're thinking, hey, since we're doing all these things, we are given the impression that we are very committed to God. But as we're going to see in the next few verses, here's what God's going to begin to say to them. He's going to begin to say, hey, you're doing all this stuff and all this religious activity, but the reality is you aren't committed to me because your heart's not in it. And then he's going to give examples of of this. He says this. He says, well, they asked me to take action on their behalf. You know, this is our equivalent of, well, I, I prayed about it and I asked God for something. Hey, God, I want, God, I need, God, give me, would you please bless me, all that stuff. And so they, they ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. Now, this is very convicting when you think about it, because I, I think, and we don't usually think about this, okay, but we have such a low view of God. I mean, what we tend to do is, and we all do this, okay, so this isn't just a you thing, this is a we thing. Uh, we've all done this before. We try to play these religious games with God in our mind and in our heart, and we're like, okay, well, I'm just going to do this and show up here and think this, and uh, I'm going to impress God. I'm going to get him on my, on my good side so that he'll do what I want him to do. And here's the thing. We think we're fooling God, but he's God. We aren't fooling him. And then it says, we have fasted before you, they say, why aren't you impressed? We have been hard on ourselves and you don't even notice. And so I'm like, hey God, we're doing all this stuff. Man, aren't you impressed? And God's going, yeah, I know. And guess what? I'm not even paying attention to what you're doing. Which I want you to think about this because we, we won't think this way. We won't think this way. But we can be doing all this religious stuff, thinking that we're impressing God. <laughs> not only are we not impressing God, God's going, I'm, I'm not even really paying attention to what you're doing. And then he tells us why he's, he, he's not impressed. He says, I'll tell you why. It's because you are fasting to please yourself. He says, hey, you're acting all spiritual and you are claiming it's for me, but it's not for me. It's for you because it's about you. And then he keeps giving examples. He says, even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. In other words, you're doing all these things and you think that that's, that's what I'm concerned with. And he says, you know what I'm concerned with? I'm concerned that your religious activities would spill over into how, you're li- how you live your lives, especially how you treat other people. And then he goes, what good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. Do you really think this will please the Lord? And the imp- implication is, heck no. And then he tells us the very things that will please God. He says this, Well, no, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly in prison. That pleases God. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. That pleases God. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. That that pleases God too. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. That pleases God. Give clothes to those in need. That pleases God. And then finally, and do not hide from relatives who need your help. I wish that one wasn't in there, I'll be honest with you. (laughs) But here's the thing. The question is, well, then what what impresses God? Well, 
He's not saying that going to church and, and reading your Bible and studying and being in a small group and serving, that that's not important for growth. In fact, <laughs> I would argue those, those are critical for growth, that we can't grow without those things. But what he's saying is, is that when your ultimate motive for doing all these religious activities is you're somehow, we're trying to impress God, and so we can get God on our side to do what we think that, that we want him to do, not only is he not impressed, but he won't do many of those things that we want him to do. You see, we do those things not to impress God, but we do those things to open our lives to what God wants to do in the world around us. And one of the things he's very clear on is he's saying, I want you to respond to the needs around you. As a Jesus follower, if you consider yourself a Jesus follower, as a Jesus follower, it is so easy to get caught up in good things at the expense of what is truly important. I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine that Jordan Love goes to coach Matt LaFleur and says, I wanna be traded. No, I'm just kidding. Some of you would be like, I wish you would go to him and say that right now, as far as that's clear. But he goes to his coach and he says, hey, listen, I, I, I wanna be a better quarterback. And, uh, and so would you teach me how to run the ball better? Now, what's LaFleur gonna say to him? He's gonna say, okay, listen, that, that's good and all, but listen, that's not gonna necessarily make you a great quarterback. What I want you to learn how to do is you gotta be able to see the field more, you gotta be able to process information, and you gotta throw the ball accurately and not to the other team. These are the things that make you a great quarterback. Focus on those things. You know, as a church, we could do a lot of good things, and there are a lot of good things that we could do. But there's a reason why as a church, we focus on these two things. And the first one we focus on is what Jesus called the lost. And this is just a, a, a term that Jesus used to describe anyone who's just not sure where they are with God. And it sounds kind of devaluing, but it's actually a, a term of endearment and value because Jesus describes a loss as when, when something's value when it's lost, what do you do? It warrants an all-out search. And so this is why God is constantly pursuing people. Now, we just call that your one here. But then the second area we, that we are focused on is this. It's what Jesus called the least of these. This was a phrase that Jesus would use to describe anyone who was in need. And, and once again, as we kind of think about this, it sounds like a devaluing term, but it's actually a term of value and dignity for people. And so if you said, hey, Mark, uh, what do you want us to be known for? What do you want us to be great at? I would say, listen, there's a lot of good that we can do, but I want us to be known for the lost and the least because these are near and dear to God's heart. And so this is what's most important to him. We miss this, we miss God because we miss God's heart. For Live Big this year, I was doing some research uh, as it related to the least of these. And uh, I, I came across some things that I just, as I'm, I'm coming across these things, it's just very convicting to me. And let me share some of these, these things with you that I just, I learned as I was researching for Live Big this year. First thing I learned is that there are over 2,000 verses that deal with poverty and justice. I think the only thing that's talked about more is money, which makes sense because it takes money to deal with poverty and justice. Here's what else I learned. Many of these verses are directly connected to our connection with God. In, in other words, sometimes we go like, well, how do I know that I'm really growing spiritually speaking? Well, we're gonna see that there's a litmus test here. One of the ways we know we're growing is if our heart for the least of these is growing. This is why I said earlier, if you're kind of like been there, done that with live big, as we thought, that should be a spiritual red flag for you. 
And then here's the third thing. There is a very clear call on us to respond to the needs of the poor. There is no way, no way around this. But here's what happens when we do, and this is the cool part. Isaiah says this, it says, then, then, and you're gonna see there's a lot of thens. And uh, when he's saying that, he said, okay, when you respond to the needs of those around you, here's what's gonna happen. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal your godliness will lead you forward. Hey, for some of us, we just feel like it's not going anywhere. Well, he's saying, oh, no, no, you step into this. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to sense movement. And then he goes, and the glory of the Lord. In other words, God's presence will protect you from behind. In other words, God's going to protect you and you don't even know it. And then he says, then when you call, the Lord will answer. And he's going to answer, yes, I'm here. He will quickly reply. You know, we don't impress God by our religious activity or things like that. That's not how you impress God. We impress God when we prioritize what he prioritizes. In other words, it's not, hey, God, I'm doing these things. And then, hey, can I get you to do what I want you to do? It's God, what, what do you want me to do for you? And he's made it very clear. One of the things that I want you to do is I want you to respond to the people in need around you. And when we do, he'll respond to our needs and maybe, even maybe, to some of our wants. You know, for some of you, you would say this. You would say you feel stuck or in a rut when it comes to your faith journey right now. I mean, you're bored. You come to church, but only when it's convenient for you. For some of you, you're stepping back on some things and you're justifying why you're stepping back on some things. For, for some of you, you have no motivation to take steps or, or to grow in your faith journey. And the solution to it for you and for many of you is this. I just need new. I need a new Bible study. I need a new group. Maybe even I need a new church. But can I just be blatantly honest with actually what might be going on in your right, life right now? The reason why you're stuck is because you're likely not giving yourself away to the things God is giving himself to. You see, we can only go so far with learning new stuff and content consumption. We'll get to a place and it'll just kind of be stuck and we'll learn and be stuck and we'll learn and be stuck again. The way that we get ourselves unstuck is when we give ourselves to the very things God gives himself to because when we do, we connect with God because that's where God's connecting. Listen to how Isaiah closes this passage. He says this. He says, I want you to feed the hungry I want you to help those in trouble. Then, there's another then again. In other words, when we do what God wants and prioritize what he wants, there's then. And as I read these thens, okay, I mean, I, I read these and I go, I would love these in my life. And I think most, if not all of us, we would love these in our life. Ch check this out. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as a moon. I mean, it's dark right now. I'd love to have more light. And then it says, the Lord will guide you continually. Man, I, every day, I would love to know that God is leading and guiding my life. He says, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. I don't know about you, but I could use more strength in my life. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. And the point is clear. The point is clear. We 
respond to the needs around us, and we will begin to experience God in our life in ways we otherwise wouldn't because we are prioritizing what he is prioritizing. As I said, as a part of Live Big, what we do is we partner with organizations that prioritize the people that God prioritizes. And we get the wish list from them. And as a result, if we can meet these needs on this wish list, uh, more needs are gonna be met in our surrounding community. In fact, this year, it's gonna be really fascinating this year. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but doesn't it just seem like there's just more need around us than in years past? And I think that, and it is true, and I think there's many reasons for that. I think that the inflation has, has really caused that. I think the COVID relief, uh, the stoppage of the COVID relief funds uh, has, really, has really added to that as well. And so as a result, what we're gonna do is a major focus of our wish list this year is on poverty and, and right in, in the communities that we live in. In fact, let me share with you some statistics from our community that maybe you've never heard before. There are 70 households in, in four cities around our, our, our campuses, okay? And those four cities are Greenfield, West Dallas, Oak Creek, and South Milwaukee. Now, I know there's more, okay? But, this, but the numbers, the statistics are gonna line up the same. Uh, here, here's another thing. Of those 70, 7,000 households live in poverty. And what I mean is this, one in 10 are living with at 26,500 and below when it comes to income level. And then here's the last one. 20,000 households of the 70 struggle to provide for basic needs. I mean food, shelter, and clothing. And so because of that, here's what that means. That means there's, there's no win decisions that need to happen. And so for example, if someone goes to the doctor and needs meds, they gotta say no to the meds or say no to a basic need for that month. And so this is kind of just this, this macro level look at the needs of our community right now. Now, because of that, let me just bridge that to just a few of the needs and the opportunities that we have for Live Big this year. And these are just some great, great things. Uh, here's one of them. We are gonna participate again in Operation Warm. And with Operation Warm, we've done it in the past. What we do is we adopt a school district and they tell us how many kids uh, will not have winter coats this winter and then we purchase all the winter coats for that school district. And in the past, it's been about 200 to 250. Well, I said, we're gonna go bold this year. We're adopting four school districts and uh, we are gonna try to provide 1,000 coats and 1,000 pair of shoes for kids who do not have those things going into this winter. Once again, these are things that we don't even think about. Another thing that we're gonna do is we're gonna do Winter Wonderfest again this year. Uh, for Winter Wonderfest, we'll serve over 1,500 kids in need and families in need in our community who as they go into the Christmas season, for them, they're not thinking about a Merry Christmas. But we get the opportunity to change that narrative. Uh, we're also gonna partner with Safe Families. Safe Families is a great organization that helps families going through a very difficult transition. And uh, because of the increase in needs, uh, they have an increase in how they're onboarding volunteer families who can take care of kids that are in a very, very difficult time right now. Our Live Big gift will go towards providing that training and in essence, taking care of a lot more kids. And then here's the final example. This one's really cool. We're gonna partner with Bridge Builders again. Uh, pastor Kurt Owens, who is pastor of Flourish Church in downtown Milwaukee, we love him and uh, we do a lot with Kurt. Well, here's what's really cool. Check this out. They're in the process of flipping a prostitution house 
in downtown Milwaukee into a lighthouse. And a lighthouse means this, they have the house and they're gonna have a, a, a couple, a missionary couple move in there and their whole purpose is to serve and love that block to change the complete dynamics of that neighborhood. And for Live Big this year, what's really cool is our complete gift will go to renovating that house. Now, there's more, okay, there's a lot more, but here's our Live Big total this year. Our Live Big total is $300,000 and counting. And behind every need, there is a person in need that is a priority to God. Let me just ask you this, are they a priority to us? Our response, not how we feel, our response will determine the answer to that question. Now today, as I said, today as we kick off Live Big, it is the give piece. This is where we start the process of giving financially to Live Big and 100% of it goes away, is given away to the, to the wish list. Now in years past, here's what I've done. I've set a reference number per person and I kind of said, hey, this is the reference number and some of you, you know, here, there, but this, it's a number that you can kind of lock into and that starts things for you. But I said, we're gonna be bold this year. And so here's what I do, no reference number this year. What I want every single person to do and every single family to do is to begin praying and just kind of open up, God, what, what do you want us to do? We are completely open to it. What does it look like? What does sacrificial generosity look like to help the people that are a priority to you? Now, for some of you, you you've lost your job and you're going through a very, very difficult time right now. Listen, it's okay to sit this part out. This is a no guilt zone as far as that's concerned. Uh, there's other ways you can contribute to Live Big by serving and things like that. And we just know this is gonna be a season for you. And you know what? That season's not gonna last forever. Uh, for, some, for others of you, you're just getting back on your feet. What does living big look like for you in this season? Now for others, you're like, oh man, I love this. I, I, I wanna be a part of this. I, I wanna be generous, but wait a minute. Hold on, that would mean that the Amazon van can't live at my, at my house over the next month. And uh, that would mean maybe I can't go out as much and do sort of this. And that would mean me cutting back on some things so that I can actually be generous. You know, when, when we prioritize what God prioritizes, uh, sometimes that means that our priorities take a back seat. And guess what? That's a really good thing. Now, here's the thing. For most of us though, we're doing fine. Things are good. And so I wanna challenge you to allow God to challenge you and your family. What does sacrificial generosity look like for you during this season? And for you, it might be $500, it might be $1,000, it might be 5,000, 15,000, 50,000, it may even be $100,000. What does that look like for you? I wanna read to you a story that it's Oak Creek Franklin's first birthday, and this is actually a story out of the Oak Creek Franklin campus. And it's actually not a story that came out of Live Big, but it's a story that illustrates just the importance of providing for those in need. And this, this is from a teacher from Forest Ridge Elementary School, which is where our Oak Creek Franklin campus meets. And uh, they did this backpack event there as kids going into school. There's a lot of kids in need there. And so this provided school supplies for kids in need. And uh, listen to what this teacher wrote, this letter. She said this, I wanted to share an extra special story of how your generosity changed my student. 
I support students in special education who attend daycares. I noticed a little boy did not have a backpack and used a plastic bag from Woodman's to hold his belongings. I provided him with choices from your donations. Well, he immediately picked Spider-Man and his eyes filled with tears. He stated, thank you so much. This is the best present ever. He hugged that backpack and showed it to all his friends. At that time, I did not know this, but he is currently in foster care with his aunt and uncle after being homeless with a mom unable to care for him. The foster mom was diagnosed with stage three cancer while she was pregnant earlier this year. They cared deeply for this child, but did not have extra money for the extras. Your kindness and support made this sweet four-year-old feel loved and valued. I'm crying as I write this, and so I appreciate all your church does for our Forest Ridge family. You know, we never know the story that is behind each need. And I want you to imagine this for a minute. I want you to imagine what God might do if we would just truly just start to pray and be open to hearing from God and going, God, I, I'm willing. I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do to prioritize the people that are a priority for you. And then respond with the kind of sacrificial generosity that impresses God, who, by the way, saw our need and responded by giving his life for us. So here's how you can begin just the giving process. And we give all the way through Live Big, okay? Give any time you want. But on your seats is this card, the QR code on it. You scan it, it's all things Live Big. Complete wish list, how to give, all that stuff. Or there's a QR code in your seat. If you're watching online, go to the ridgecc.com forward slash Live Big, and you can do that. When you give digitally, Make sure you click the drop box that says Live Big 2023. If you're a check writer, put Live Big 2023 in the memo and all of it will, will go towards that. And let me just say this. It's been the tradition every year that my wife and I make the first gift. But you guys are starting to get a little sneaky, okay? Because what's happened is, is that we had a couple uh, a couple weeks ago give the first gift. And then last week, we had a kid in Ridge Kids that made a $2 donation to Live Big last week. So as a result of your sneakiness, we have given the third gift towards Live Big this year. And you know what? I love it. I hope one year we're the 300th gift because just the generosity of this place. And we've given our gift. We've given our biggest one ever. And you know what? We're glad we are in. And so let me just say this. Oak Creek Franklin, celebrate one year. Be generous. Greenfield, Come on, let's lean in. Let's be generous. And here's the cool thing. Our church has grown by over 20% over this last season. And so some of you are looking for a reason to step in. Now's maybe your opportunity. Would you be willing to step in? And if you're watching online or listening, listen, come on. Don't just sit back and not engage. The wish list is too big. We need you to do that. And I feel like I, I, I need to say this as well because I got to say this every single year. For some of you, what you do is you take your normal giving and then you transfer that towards live big. Listen, transfer giving is not living big. It's actually the opposite. It's hurting one at the expense of the other. And here's what we don't think about. 
the healthier the ridge is, the greater the impact we will make on Live Big. The two are very much connected to each other. So Live Big is about blessing both. Let me close with this. I'm gonna close by reading to you a passage from the book of Acts. It's really cool. It's a passage of the early church when they first started. And as you do that, I want you to just kind of have this visual in your mind again, okay? We just read in the Old Testament uh, that, that God is basically saying to the people, he's going, but the vision I've always had for my people is that you would see the needs around you and the vision would be your heart would go with my heart and as a result, those needs would be met. Now I want you to fast forward and here we are, the church has started just look at the vision of the early church, because this is us, this is us. He says, they sold property and possessions to what? To give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying what? The favor of all people. How cool is that? That in a time where people look at the church and the outside and they go, I want nothing to do with them. They experience the exact opposite. And then here's the outcome. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. We take care of the needs of others. And it's interesting how God just kind of works and they end up coming to know Jesus. But this picture right here is the church at its best because we put those in need in the best possible place to feel valued and cared for because we respond in a way that shows them that they are valued and cared for. And when we do, there's a then. And the then is this, that we will experience the greatest answer to prayer that we could ever, ever get. And most of us, we don't even ask for this, but it's the greatest answer to prayer we could ever get. We will experience the favor of God, both on our individual lives and families, and on our church corporately. Let me pray for us. And as I do that, I'm gonna begin that, God, just get us to a place where we're open. And so God, as we just kind of kick off Live Big 2023, uh, when we talk about stuff like, like generosity and things like that, I mean, a part of us goes, man, I want to, I want to, but then all of a sudden when push comes to shove, it's like walls go up, our hands tighten, we find all the reasons why not to take steps. And God, I would just pray that hands would open, hearts would open, walls would come down. And uh, God, we'd really tap into this idea that we are prioritizing the very people that you prioritize. This is sacred stuff for you. And God, we want to make it sacred stuff for us. And so Father, um, would you search our hearts? Would you open us up? Would you just create a spirit of generosity and sacrifice in this place? God, this isn't for us. This isn't for us. This is for other people. God, this is our calling. We're at our best when this is where we are. And so, Father, as we kick this off, uh, I just pray you'd speak loudly. I pray you'd give us the courage and the faith to take the steps necessary to respond to what we are sensing from you. And God, whatever it kind of ends up, man, I pray we blow away that wish list. Not just to blow away the wish list, but because every need is a person in need that matters to you so because they're gonna matter to us. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to live big this year. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for listening to the Rich Community Churches podcast. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to host you at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more about our kids and students' environments, visit us at theridgecc.com. That's theridgecc.com.